Ah, Churl, returned from the wastelands. Did you annihilate many man-animals with your weapon? Indeed, Turl. Look here what I found. I am not interested in the garbage you find in the wastes, rat brain. But, sir, I believe this is a human audio com. It could prove useful. I doubt that you have the intellect needed to know the difference between what is useful and what is not. But what is on it? Some sort of thing called a podcast. Podcast? How primitive! I would have called it a voice-adducer. As would I. It seems to be a review for a movie entitled Battlefield Earth. So you admit that you have listened to the man-animal recording. That is punishable by disintegration. I, I, I was only acting in the best interest of the corporation. Very well, Rat Brain. Put this in the audio playertronic, and if I am not satisfied by its usefulness, I will punctuate your skull bone. While you were still learning how to spell your name, I was being trained to conquer galaxies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, a movie's reputation cannot get much lower, can it, Steve? Oh, boy. Would you say this is probably the the most infamous box office failure of of the 21st century so far? I would. What a way to kick off the new century, right, Steve? They dropped it right in the middle of the year 2000. Hey, everybody. Yep. What movie are we talking about? Oh, what movie could... Could we be talking about? But that it, that Gandhi. It's not. Yeah, that, yes, that infamous failure, Gandhi. I, mean, I was <laughs> that, just curious. This gladiator. That, that was. That one was okay. Uh, I guess it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was right in the middle, which is why it won Best Picture that year. <laughs> It was like, this one's not terrible, but it's not that great either. Best Picture. Uh, what movie is less enjoyable than The Room? <laughs> It's way less enjoyable than The Room, man. Oh, yeah, uh, it is. This movie that we are reviewing is none other than the, I guess, dystopian sci-fi epic? Uh, yeah. Uh, based on the L. Ron Hubbard novel. Uh, <laughs> getting nauseous. Hurry up. Battlefield Earth. Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't come out right, does it? It's just, no. No. It feels bad in the mouth. Yeah, it's not good. Hey, Steve. It feels bad in the brain, too. Yes, <laughs> it does. Do you have any <laughs> trivia for the movie Battlefield Earth? I do have some trivia about the movie Battlefield Earth. Darn, I wanted to get this over fast. <laughs> We're going to drag this out. So, okay. Please don't know. So this movie was inexplicably a long-term passion project for John Travolta. He tried to get it made for like 20 years before they finally actually got it made. Um, and when the movie was finally made and Travolta was making the rounds and promoting it and telling everybody what a great movie it was, he compared it favorably to Star Wars... Which, I have the actual quote. Yeah, well, he said... He said, go ahead, Steve. I did, he, it's like Star Wars, only better. He said, it's like Star Wars, only better. Yeah. John, what are you doing, John? Okay, John, hey, have you seen Star Wars? Um, and he also... Can, there has never been a more inaccurate statement ever. You know, it doesn't including the people who insist the Earth is flat. Because <laughs> first of all, it's nothing like Star Wars. 
No. It's not like you could say, well, it is kind of like Star Wars. It's just that it sucks. It's nothing like Star Wars at all. Nope. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. But anyway, he also compared it, and this is a less well-known quote for reasons that will become obvious in a moment. He also compared it to Schindler's List. But but I missed that one, or he, I wouldn't have stopped throwing up. He said, it, when, "When did that happen? Said, when when uh, what uh, fucking uh, alternate dimension said, did he make that he, stupid of a statement?" He said it was the Schindler's List of sci-fi films. Oh, everybody knows that Planet of the Apes is, is the Schindler's List. Of of, yes, uh, clearly. But yeah, so there you go. Well, nice going, John. And I'm sure that I'll remember when Cornelius said, "This list is life." <laughs> The list is an absolute good, Bright Eyes. I have some trivia. Go for it. They're all in quotes. This one came from Bill Mechanic. So when they were going to be making the film, John Travolta was hitting up a whole bunch of people to try to fund it. Oh, yeah. And he shared that information with the Church of Scientology, and the Church of Scientology started sending these people out after them to say, oh, I hear about Battlefield Earth. That sounds great. And people were annoying them all the time. And Bill Mechanic is quoted as saying, do you think in any way, shape, or form that weirding me out is going to make me to want to make this movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, as... As much as we talk about, like, you know, like, big wig, influential people in Hollywood, like Travolta or Tom Cruise, who are, like, Scientologists, most of Hollywood is, like, super annoyed and creeped out by the Church of Scientology. Oh, yeah, they are. And and this movie is a great example where the church Mm -hmm. was pushing so hard to get this movie made, and it it was almost impossible to find a major studio willing to take it on, because everybody was like, oh, God, the fucking Scientologists. Which brings me to my second uncredited quote. (laughs) On any film, there are ten variables that can kill you. On this film, there was an eleventh. Scientology. (laughs) It just wasn't something anyone really wanted to get involved with. Yeah. And the last one was also an unnamed producer um, uh, being quoted, I believe, in the New York Times where he said, Battlefield Earth has the stench of death. It should never have been made. It's an $80 million vanity project for Travolta. All of those things are true. Uh, And I have one last last, uh, bit of trivia. (laughs) A lot of people have denied that uh, this movie had anything to do with Scientology, as those those of you who may or may not know, L. Ron Hubbard is the, the guy who created Scientology, which is a huge flim-flam organization oh, yes. that uh, um, is responsible for a great deal of evil in this country. And um, they wanted to get this movie made, although they all denied it, but... Um, Arthur Authors Services Inc., which is a company founded by Scientology, announced that it was going to be donating its share of the profits from the film to charitable organizations that du- direct drug education, drug rehabilitation programs around the world. Um, and it was also reported that the merchandising revenues would be passed on to the Scientology-linked groups Nar- Narconon, Narconon yeah. which is a drug rehab thing, and Applied Scholastics, which uh, promotes Hubbard study tech. Um, and uh, with movie-related sales of the book, funding uh, the marketing of Hubbard science fiction books, and the L. Ron Hubbard Writer of the Future contest. So money from this movie was going to be utilized by the Church of Scientology, no matter how much they said, it's just a science fiction movie. (laughs) Thankfully, this movie didn't make shit. No. So (laughs) we don't have to worry about it. And as far as the merchandising, uh, the the toy company that put out the action figures for it went out of business two years later. So, yeah, I don't know how good that merchandising sales went, because... 
<laughs> well, uh, they claimed that the merchand the merchandising um, was only with franchise pictures, and so that may not have had anything to do with being involved with Scientology. But they don't exist anymore, so good. And then say the good. <laughs> Do you have anything else, Steve? Do you have anything uh, else? No. Oh, well, there is a rumor. There is a un, unconfirmed and denied by the people involved, but there is a rumor that uh, Mr. Scientology himself, Tom Cruise, uh, warned Warner Brothers not to have anything to do with this movie because mm. because he saw that it was going to be so terrible. But they didn't listen to Tom, and Warner Brothers is the company that eventually distributed the movie. But, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You ready to find out who made the? Oh made yeah, let's 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 find out. We we let let us all hear and remember their names. Do we have? To? These are the names. These are the names of the people responsible. Okay, it was directed by Roger Christian, and uh, he's famous for being a set decorator and production designer. He even won an Academy Award for the original Star Wars. Good for him. And yeah, he also worked on Alien. You notice I didn't say director. <laughs> he he was probably There's, he was probably a very talented person, except when it oh, comes to directing movies. Apparently, and apparently also forgot all about production design when it came to this movie, <laughs> which which is funny. Let's just copy shit from other movies. Right. Um, it was produced by Jonathan D. Crane, and he also produced movies like Blind Date and Look Who's Talking. Oh. Also featured John Travolta, and also John Travolta in Face Off. Hmm. Isn't that great? And also John Travolta in Swordfish. That's weird. <laughs> kind of a Travolta think? connection here. I'm sensing. Mm-hmm. Also produced by Ellie Samaha. I guess nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing else. Good. Good. <laughs> and John Travolta, and you know John Travolta, he's a crazy man. He's a very likable man with some very deep-seated emotional problems. That he's not addressing properly. Yes. Screenplay by J.D. Shapiro and Corey Mandel. Corey Mandel, nothing. J.D. Shapiro, you might know him, he wrote... Um, uh, extreme Biography Santa Claus, I think. This is TV show and, and a movie called Pucked. Is, but he was an actor, not a screenwriter. Is he the one who, uh, who apologized eventually for writing the screenplay? No, that was the guy who wrote the original, I think. Okay. Um, also, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, one of the not funny Mel Brooks movies. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Based on Battlefield Earth by that crazy man who should have been assassinated. <laughs> I mean, by L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, God. Hooray. Not even an interesting cult leader, like one of the most boring human beings alive ever. <laughs> who didn't believe in taking care of his teeth. And he- anyway, um... <laughs> his body starring- was just a vessel, that's all. Yeah. Starring John Travolta. You know John Travolta. He was in Pulp Fiction, and he was in Pulp Fiction, and he also was in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and a bunch of other movies that aren't good. That are not They're as not, good. Name another really good movie with John Travolta. I'll give you 10 seconds. <laughs> a really good movie? Uh, yeah. Uh, Saturday Night Fever was okay. I don't know if I call it really good. So if you give him 30 years between projects, it's just great work. Oh, Get Shorty. Get Shorty was all right. Okay, fine. Barry Pepper is Johnny Goodboy Tyler. That's the character's name, all right. <laughs> That's you know his name. him from Saving Private Ryan and True Grit, and he's actually a fantastic goddamn actor. Absolutely. And he's been in a lot of stuff, and I, boy, oh boy, I bet he regrets this. <laughs> 
Forrest Whitaker, another fantastic actor, and he plays Kerr. And you know him from Platoon and Good Morning Vietnam, and he just won an Academy Award for The Last King in Scotland, I think. Yeah, that's what he won Best Actor for, yeah. Right. Kim Coates as Carlo, and you'll know him from Sons of Anarchy. Sabine Carcenti as Chrissy. Nothing. (laughs) That's it. I bet she she did some other movies, but nothing that everyone would go, ooh, I I like that one. Right. Richard Tyson as Robert the Fox, and you'll know him from Kindergarten Cop. Kelly Preston as John Travolta's wife. I'm sorry, as (sighs) Shirk. And you know her from being John Travolta's wife. Also, she was in Cat in the Hat and Twins. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I think she was. Wasn't she in Jerry Maguire? I don't care. Probably. Michael McRae is district manager. Zeet. Nothing. <laughs> Sean Austin Olsen is planet ship numph. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Austin Olsen. I already said him. Tim Post is the assistant planet ship. Nothing. Michael Byrne is Parson Staffer. Nothing. Christian Tessier is Mickey. Nothing. Sylvian. Landry as Sammy, nothing. Earl Pastco as bartender, nothing. And Noel Burton as the Clinko learning instructor, nothing. Music by Elias Smirl. 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 Sure. Is it I, I guess. I have no idea. I've never seen a C followed immediately by an M before. <laughs> um, he's a Czech composer, and he did a lot of stuff for film and television in Czechoslovakia. And uh, he's done a lot of horror movies, like with Wes Craven and John Frankenheimer. Mm. Um, nothing. Mm. This was kind of a horror movie. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got to compose myself because I know what's coming. <laughs> Edited by Robin Russell. Nothing. Production company, Morgan Creek Productions and Franchise Pictures. And I have a little addendum for Franchise Pictures. You know what that is, Steve? <laughs> what is it? Fraud. Yes. So apparently. <laughs> That's why they don't exist anymore. Franchise Pictures told everybody that this movie cost $73 million to make, and they told investors this is going to cost $73 million to make. They also told investors, hey, if you want to do these other two movies, we have to include Battlefield Earth on it, whether they liked it or not. And they were like, okay, so they packaged movie deals together for investors. And then it turned out the actual cost for the movie was more or less $44 million. (laughs) Oops. And now they don't exist anymore. <laughs> it's weird how if you steal $30 million from your investors, uh-huh. if they find out about it, they might not like that. Are you listening, Adam Sandler? Oh. I hope you are. Oh. Because that's that's against the law. I've seen the budgets of your movies, Adam Sandler. There's no way they cost that much. <laughs> There's no fucking way. <laughs> uh Distributed by Warner Brothers. And that's that when you ask them about it, they said all we did was distribute it. Right. We, you know what, Warner Brothers? That's what drug dealers say. Right. All I was doing was distributing the narcotics. I didn't know there was rat poison in hey, it. Hey, if I hadn't sold it, somebody else would have. Uh-huh. Exactly. Release date. Well, actually, that's not true. They desperately yeah, searched with, for anybody to in, do this. In this case, that's probably not true. It would have just been shelved forever. Nobody wanted to touch this fucking thing. No. Release date, May 12th, 2000. Two days after the 50-year anniversary of L. Ron Hubbard publishing Dianetics. Oh, what a wonderful present for the anniversary. What a funny, what a funny coincidence, huh, Steve? Well, are you saying, look, you already said, Scientology said it had nothing to do with this movie. 
That's so, right. Uh, we should take them. We at should their take word. them at their word. They're clearly a very That's honest right. They're group. They're completely trustworthy people. Absolutely. Running time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 117 minutes. <sighs> Feels longer Budget. sometimes. <laughs> Budget in actuality, 44 million dollars. <laughs> yes. Box office. billion. It it didn't recoup its real budget or its fake budget. It destroyed so (laughs) many careers and so many reputations. (laughs) Says Steve. Yes. Can we skip this part? Yeah, let's just let's just jump to the end. Can we jump to the end where we say what we're doing next time? Can we we do that? (laughs) Those of you listening who watched the movie understand why we're reluctant to go into detail. That's right. Because I guarantee you the next 45 minutes is going to sound a lot like the ninth level of hell. <laughs> Just nothing but screams of torment. God, why? I don't want to go. I don't want to go back to Earth. Can we not? Can we not do that? Can we just float in space <laughs> until our lungs explode? I'll willingly breathe in the whatever it is that the cyclones yes. are, are breathing. All right, Steve. Just come make on. it we quick. Gotta do it. We gotta do it. This is our job. We gotta do it. All right. And let's you uh, and me okay. put in our our nose things that look like snots constantly running out of it. Oh God, I know. <laughs> and, what is the deal with that? And, and grunt our way into <laughs> the world of Battlefield Earth, Steve. Oh yeah. Please tell the people about the horrid thing that kicks off the movie. Oh. Hey, did you know that man is an endangered species? What? No. Is it? There's 8 billion of us. No, but in, well, okay, so it's the year 3000 because the title of In the, the year 3000! <laughs> the title of the movie is Battlefield Earth, subtitle, right. A Saga of the Year 3000. Uh-oh! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay, so it's a thousand years a, in the future. It's a thousand years in the future, and we get, like, the opening title, and the man is an endangered species thing, and then we're in the Rocky Mountains. But don't we get a crawl? Do we? I think we get a crawl re- that tells us we're a thousand years in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, and the, the mats were and the... And then these bad guys show up, and they, they bomb, and then there was someone... Th- Someone did nuclear weapons at some point, and and then they took over. Some yeah, and the people, Human, yeah, humans live human like beings live in the radiated areas. They live the like planet, cavemen, cause, yeah, because that's something you can do is live in a radioactive part of the, uh, yeah. of the country. And don't they even mention that? Like that's yeah. that's not even something that we're supposed to just notice and be like, oh, that's weird. Like the fucking human characters are like, oh yeah, radiation kills us too. Well then why are you living in radiated areas? That was added because uh, the author of the book had a very limited working knowledge of actual science things. You don't say. <laughs> The guy who created Dianetics and Scientology had a limited working last knowledge of science. Last time we heard science? about radiation, it was totally, totally survivable. That, of course, that was in 1953. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah, it was just a day out of blast, and everything's fine after. We'd be fine. Knowing L. Ron Hubbard, he probably described it as having a high degree of survivableness because he liked to That's make right. up fucking bullshit words for things we already had words for. So now anyway. we go into the mountains. Yeah. And we <laughs> into the mountains. Mountain, into these mountain people. Yeah, there's a bunch. And oh no, a dude we don't know is late. Uh-oh. Yeah. But a, a girl's all upset about it. Yeah. And there's like an old man going, fuck him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, uh, he shouldn't have stayed out. But then he shows up. Yay. And this is our young, so- our dashing young hero. Named? Johnny Goodboy Tyler. 
Now, if you were in the movie theater and once you heard his name, you should have just probably left. You should have probably just went, ha ha, dumped your popcorn right on the ground and just left. I mean, well, it's like it's like the opposite extreme of the thing I'm always complaining about, which is like when they give people just silly, made-up sounding names. You know, it, like at least they didn't give him a name like you know Orgamam or something. Like it's like. <laughs> Like some bullshit made up sci-fi name. Like they gave him like a human name, but it's like the worst <laughs> imaginable human name. They should have just named him Hero Man's Lab. How about you, or something like that? How about you just call the motherfucker John? It's a perfectly fine name. Just call him John. Why does he got to be Johnny or Johnny Good Boy Tyler? Just just call call him John. Jesus, yeah, it's right boy. there. He comes back. Yeah. and he's like, I can't find any medicine, and the lady's like, That's okay. Your dad died. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. And then everybody's fighting, and Johnny's like, I gotta go even further. I gotta travel further and find better things for us to live, because I don't believe in the gods, and I don't believe in monsters or nothing. Yeah, and... And the other primitives are like, fuck you, get out there. Yeah, leave. And he's like, The old man's like, fuck off, if you want to go, go. And he's like, okay. Cool, bye. Yeah. And he goes. The lady gives him a necklace from his dead mom. (laughs) Yeah. And then him and Artax are like riding around <laughs> totally, the countryside. Totally, yeah. Him and his stupid horse. And he 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 rides into an an ancient abandoned mini golf course that should have rotted into the ground five hundred years ago. <laughs> this but whatever. Is, this is a thousand years in the future, and somehow uh-huh. the mini golf course is just—it's mostly okay. It's just got some weeds growing up around it. Yeah, but first he has to have a slow motion kill the monster thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, the first of many slow motion action sequences. He had the slow motion scream to the heavens when he found out his dad was Oh, dead. God. And that's like a minute into the movie. Yeah. That's when you know oh, you're... Oh, yeah. And everything, by the way, guys, is at Dutch angles. Everything. So if you... Everything. That's how you know you're everything in trouble. When, when, the, when the movie hits you with overwrought slow motion, like a minute in, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, the God. director said he wanted it to feel like a comic yeah. book, well, which shows that, number one, he didn't know what Dutch angles were for, <laughs> and number two, he's never he's read a never comic book. He's never read a book. comic book. Our Dutch like Dutch angles aren't that common in comic books. No, they're not. <laughs> in fact, they're kind of confusing if you use them too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he runs afoul of some other guys. Yeah, who are out hunting. And they're grunting like chimpanzees. <laughs> sure, they are because yeah. Because that's what primitive men do. And they start to have they start to have like a confrontation where they're going to have a fight, and then one of them just all of a sudden gives up and says, "You know what? Never mind. We don't have time for this. We have to go find food." And they're like, "Yeah, we're hungry." And they're going to leave. And then Johnny's like, "Well, I have some food. Why don't you take me to where the gods are that you Show said? Show me where the gods are." Yeah. And then they get a god tour, and they're like pointing at statues and stuff and saying, "See, they got froze. These guys got frozen, and there's a god here, and and it's." stupid and i hate it yeah they go they go they go to an abandoned they go i refuse to believe steve that human memory is so fragile and weak that after a thousand years our descendants have no memory of what they lost here's the here's the thing right here's the thing about this one of the many things that is so frustrating about this movie is that the humans Uh the humans were supposed to believe that they're incredibly dumb and also incredibly smart at the same time because they're so dumb that they think that mannequins and statues are real people that have been frozen yes they're that they they can't even if you don't even if you've lost like your cultural knowledge and you don't remember like what a mannequin is or what a mall is for like you know that's not a real person you're smart enough to figure 
figure out that it's some kind of artificial thing. You know that's not a real person. P- right. People aren't hey, that stupid. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When did Rome fall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, like what, a, thou- a thousand years ago? I mean, more than a thousand, two thousand years, years ago. ago? 1500. And do we remember Rome? Yes. We do. <laughs> we do, actually. We remember shit that's even older than that. We sure do. But not these pig ignorant morons. Not these. <laughs> we don't remember what cities bastards. are. We don't these... remember what cities are or what statues are. Goddamn gomers walking around the goddamn countryside. Oh, the gods are there, there, there. The the gods are there, 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 there. Yep. So these fuckless halfwits wander into a, a mall. Yep. And they're gonna cook and eat, but oh no, they 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 are being shot at by um by a bargain basement Klingon. I, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and they get captured. Yeah, and, and, and they you, get put in a ship. Don't don't forget, we have to tell the folks everything turns green for some reason <laughs> when right. the alien shows up and starts shooting them. It it goes to slow mo again, turns and everything and turns is green. In slow motion. Yeah, and it's the worst. <laughs> It's, it feels like it's. It feels like it takes an hour and a half for this action scene mm-hmm. to get over with. Yeah. What action scene? I know. They run around. Exactly. Yeah, but anyway, and a guy in in fucking um, uh, padded shoes. Yeah. And it clumbers, clomps around. Right. And, uh, like if you can't beat a guy fucking lumbering around in Frankenstein shoes, I don't know what to tell uh-huh. you. Anyway, so yeah, they all get shot and stunned and captured. Uh-huh. They're, they Johnny wakes up and he's in a cage underneath this like alien aircraft thing. Yeah. And they get taken away to this great big unimpressive, boring looking building. Yeah. They to to what uh, another little lower third title informs us is the the human detention center at Denver. Because yeah, I guess the, the aliens still call it that. <laughs> and apparently the aliens only did that one area. Yeah. On the whole planet, apparently. Yeah, Denver. Yeah. They they yeah. picked Denver as the place to live. <laughs> uh, they had the entire world to choose from. They didn't say they didn't pick Hawaii. No. Right? They pick In fact, Denver. they stick mostly to the continental United States. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, now we spend an obscene amount of time with the villains. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta justify Travolta's top billing, don't you? Yeah, because Travolta originally wanted to play Johnny, but then he said, I'm probably too old for that. Yeah. So let's take Turl, the main villain, and let's expand his role to obscene proportions. And now we've got to deal with a whole bunch of shit that I fucking don't care about. <laughs> do you do you love watching the villains bicker with each other over pointless bullshit that doesn't over wind made up, up me- politics <laughs> and, go- and rules that, that yeah, winds up great. meaning absolutely nothing to the story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause there's a lot of that. So we meet Turl, and he's like the chief of security. Yeah, and he's excited because he thinks he's getting promoted and and shipped off of this rock. Yeah, because they teleport some dude from the home office. Yeah, from the home office. The home office. That's what. Yep. That's that's what they call their home planet. The home office. Steve, how am I supposed to? get involved when they refer to themselves as the corporation and the home office that's not that doesn't elicit oh no the home office is here oh no it doesn't give the impression of like a high stakes galactic conflict does it no it doesn't (laughs) Ooh, the corporation that's the name of like a heel stable in a wrestling company that's not the name of like galaxy conquering villains 
Mm-hmm. Carol thinks he's going home. Yeah. Guy says, "Ha ha, you're not." And then in one of the st- oh boy, and then he tells him, "You're going to be here for the next fifty cycles, whatever a cycle is. Yeah. We don't know. Who cares? With endless options for renewal. No! With endless options for renewal. Yeah, lots of echoes. Hmm. So he's not happy about that. No, he's not. And it turns out he's being punished because he slept with somebody's daughter. Yeah, he, which we didn't see, and the person whose daughter it was, we never meet. Yeah, but trust but us, so it's a big deal. But he just wants to go home. And where's home, Steve? What's the name of their home planet? Oh, what is it? I can't remember. C- Cyclo. Cyclo? Yeah, because <laughs> the aliens are called Cyclos. Yeah, so. Yep. Cyclo. It was at this point that I was fairly convinced a 12-year-old wrote this. Well, It was like, there's no thought put into this. This is the most, this is the dumbest thing ever. It's like, if, if, if the Empire was actually named the bad guys in real life, <laughs> if they were called the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. And we only see Planet Cyclo to show that there is a planet that's all purple. Yep. And then they show the guys, and it says Planet Cycle. Uh, and then it shows the regent or whatever he is returning home. That's it. That's it. So trust us, it's there. <laughs> yep. it'll, it'll be important later. And then uh, Johnny gets put in with the rest of the slaves. And then he has a fight over breakfast. Yeah. Because there's some other guys there. So we first, and he's like, ah, I, I believe in democracy. Everybody <laughs> gets to eat at the same time. And he has a fight. And then he makes everybody take their turn so that they can eat this green vomit that they give them to eat. Yummy. Yeah. And um, Johnny... Um, that's it. And then there's more cyclo intrigue. Yay! Yeah, because so the cyclos are constantly plotting behind each other's backs and trying right. to get leverage on each other. Right. And and Curl discovers that Forrest Whitaker, his his top lieutenant, uh, had discovered a vein of gold that was exposed by a recent rock slide out in the mountains. Oh, is that why they invaded Earth? I guess so. They wanted the gold, even though they they left most of it sitting in banks in, the <laughs> in, in gold vaults. Yeah, so there's they found all this gold, and and mm-hmm. and the, I think the deal was that Kerr, the Forrest Whitaker guy, he thought that Turl was leaving, so he was waiting to tell anybody about the gold until after Turl was gone, so he could take credit mm-hmm. for it. And Turl finds out about it, and he's like, "How dare you double cross yeah, me?" Blah, blah, blah. So there's whole parts of the planet that they can't go into because yeah. they breathe a different kind of gas than the people do yeah so when the people are in their part of this in the city that the people have to wear these breather things and then when the cyclos go out into other parts where they have to wear a breather thing and their breathing gas is highly unstable around radiation yeah so that's why specifically uranium hmm. which makes me wonder what the fuck they're breathing <laughs> Right. Because it just can't be radiation, because unless you haven't guessed yet, Brainiac scientist Jason has a point to be made here, and that is everything is radioactive. Yes. Not just uranium, but sunlight, people, everything. Yes. Electromagnetism is a form of radiation. That's right. So is heat. Heat Heat is a form of radiation. Light. Yeah. But no, just like a fucking six-year-old, he had to come up with some... And also, by the way, this is important later, I guess, because if they can take away their ability to breathe, they'll all just run away or something, right? Right, yeah. (sighs) Hey, Steve, can you describe a cyclo for me? Oh, okay. Well, they're a lot taller than humans. They're supposed to be like nine feet tall or something. 
Are they taller or are they just wearing lifts? They're, well, boots? yeah, they're wearing lifts in their boots, but they're supposed to be taller. Uh, they have like big, like lumpy claw hands, like werewolves. Yeah. They have dreadlocks <laughs> and right. huge, like elongated skulls that make the tops of their heads like real high. Uh, yeah. And they and they all have facial hair and like long, like you know, vampire werewolf looking eyebrows. And some of them look a lot like monsters. So yeah, some of them and others yeah. don't look anything like monsters. Isn't that weird? It's almost as if like the lead characters played by the famous actors look mostly like themselves, and then the supporting characters have more lumpy alien makeup on. They have monster faces. That's, that's funny. It's almost as if the ego of the main of the main character, who isn't actually the main character, but who we actually spend more time with than the actual main character, John Travolta said, "I want to play the main villain, but I don't want to not look like me." <laughs> right. You don't want to cover up this face, do you? <laughs> anyway, Turo, Turo, I just wrote this. Johnny is gonna die, and I have no idea. <laughs> oh, he tries to escape again. <laughs> well, aren't they? Yeah, they're gonna uh, Turl. They're, they're gonna execute him, right? And then their form of execution is to just take him out to the area where he can't breathe the air and just let him go. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's 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 later. later. Okay. Oh, we spend so much time here, oh, Steve. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, because yeah, because Turl figures out that Johnny's like smarter than the average human, right? So he takes a particular interest that. in him. Yeah. I mean, because Johnny kills a guy with with a gun. gun, yeah. And he's like, oh, and this he's... is another one of those things where like it's a pointless argument that goes on now, forever. Where like, oh, despite the fact that he knows and every other fucking cyclo knows that they invaded a planet in which they had a military and writing and books and cities, and in fact, they're in Denver. Over over the ruins of one of their cities. Yeah. He is convinced that human beings are too stupid to learn anything. Yeah. Even though he himself knows the history. Yes. Because he tells Johnny about it later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Funny. That's weird how he just like thinks they're idiots, but doesn't, huh? Yeah. Because he's like, man animals, they call them man animals. Yeah. Man animals can't learn how to use a gun because we all know how complicated a gun is. Yeah. And, and, and well, and it's like, and what were they using when the aliens invaded a thousand years ago? Uh huh. The same stuff that they used I mean, to destroy them at the end of this. Movie, well, that's though. yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they use. Okay. Yeah. There are certain Any, flaws in the plotting of this film. Anyway, Turl wants has a scheme, and his scheme is we're going to train man animals to mine the gold, and that's bad, right? Yeah. Because that's against the rules. You're not supposed to teach the man animals how to do anything. Yeah, and then Turl and Chunk, or whatever his name is, Char Chugger. Kerr. I'm going to call him Chunk. Chunk. Him and Chunk, Chunk are like, Chunk's like, you can't do that. And all. It's all about having leverage over one another, and it's fucking boring as shit. Yeah. And then... Um, so then Johnny escapes. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna get, let him suffocate. Yeah. And they said no one survived more than four minutes. And then he runs away. And they're like, oh, look at him run away. And then he finds some people who are wearing the breathing masks, and they let him breathe some. And I'm like, no one, no one has ever thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, like. Not a single person. Well, yeah, they they release prisoners to suffocate within like yeah. walking distance of this group of humans with breathing devices, <laughs> and that's right. the, that's their preferred method of execution. They even they, but they, sit, they walk over yeah. and they fight him, and like, oh, the bet's off. He cheated. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, well, whose whose fault is that, dipshit? Anyway, Johnny grabs the guy f that he met and another guy, and they're gonna escape. And that's when Turl says, "Let let him escape." Right? Yeah, because he wants. <laughs> 
Go ahead, say it. He wants to find out what their favorite food is. That's right. Because, okay, so Turl, the the ruler of the planet, or, you know, the chief of security of the planet. Security, because there's this old blobby guy. Who looks like a character from Dune. He looks like he belongs in Dune. Kind of looks like Mojo from the... the Marvel Comics. Oh, anyway. yes. But, um, yeah, so uh, Turl wants leverage over the humans. He doesn't realize that he's basically the slave master of the human race. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. got all the leverage over them that he needs, but he wants to find That's leverage right. over them. So he figures, okay, these humans are primitive. They care about, like, the simple things, like eating and getting enough food. So we'll just let them go, and they'll show us what their favorite food is. And then we'll know how we can entice them to cooperate with us with the gold right. mining things. Because so. remember, the humans are constantly starving all the time. Yeah. And so he follows them into the city, and um, they they get rats. And he's like, aha, rats! <laughs> and then Johnny finds all of the hidden cameras in their buttons. Yep. And um, then they come and they capture them again. And they bring him back, and Turtle's like, I'm going to teach Johnny. <laughs> I'm going to teach Johnny. We're going to bring in all of his friends and we're going to leave them unsupervised <laughs> in my quarters while I stick Johnny in a chair because this is a great idea. Yeah. Everyone listen up. This is my great idea. I'm going to teach him how to speak our language and also just leave him in that chair so he can learn everything, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll learn way more than he needs to know for the job I want him to do to the point where he actually becomes a threat to us. It'll be great. That's right. So now Johnny's become a super genius and he starts doing advanced math using human terms for mathematical <laughs> yes, equations. Yes, that he learned How he alien. learned those. <laughs> oh my God. My wife said the exact same thing she says why would the aliens call it euclidean geometry Uh that's what we call it because a 12 year old wrote this steve (laughs) (sighs) he's not writing in a foreign language he's not writing math equations in a foreign no i guess they're universal he's using the same symbols (laughs) that we would use yeah exactly Uh And the primitives in there are like, uh, this is going to get us free. And he's like, yeah, somehow. I don't know how. What are we going to use just, this? <laughs> can we eat those symbols? No, stop <laughs> just it. listen. I'm trying to teach you something. <sighs> so here's what the security chief wants to do. <laughs> the security chief is like, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to fly one of our ships. Yeah. And then I'm gonna, you're gonna go out into the areas that we can't go to, and you're gonna go get that gold. Yep, yep. Right? And I'm going to leave you again, mostly unsupervised. I'm gonna have a camera around uh-huh. that I can use to watch you, but apparently I'm not going to be watching you at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, his horse, who I thought got shot, yeah, comes home. Yeah, makes it back to right? to his village. Yeah, or where he, yeah, wherever yeah. he's from, like the camp area where the humans live. Yeah. Right. And then, uh oh, remember, they were going to, they got, they found all this secret stash of weapons and they were going to kill Turl and do all this stuff. But Turl's like, aha, your weapons aren't loaded. And then that fails. And then Turl takes Johnny on a field trip where he takes him to the Library of Congress for some reason. Yeah. Can you tell me why he did that? No. (laughs) There's no reason why he should have. He, I think he's trying to show... He has that line where he's like, you can you can look at any of these books you want. You can learn whatever you want, but none of it will help you. You know, he's doing like and the overconfident villain thing. He's at the Library thing. of Congress, and what is the first book he picks up? It's a book that says the Declaration of Independence. Oh, yeah. And I would like to remind the 12-year-old that wrote this that the Declaration of Independence isn't a book. <laughs> it's one page. <laughs> it's one handwritten page. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so uh, then he's going to teach him another lesson, right? And he lands with all of his guys, and there's a whole field full of cows. Yeah. Steve, every time we've met the humans, they're starving. To yes, me. yes. They're eating rats and rabbits <laughs> yep. and whatever else they can grab. But they just land in a field just filled with cows. Yeah, yeah, that seem completely healthy and, uh-huh. like, you know, fit for eating. Yeah, yeah, and Turtles just start saying, hey, if you guys try to run away while you're mining, you, I'm the best shot ever. Watch me shoot these cows. And he shoots these cows. And then some uh, convenient locals show up, and uh, they knock him over, and now it's like, you can kill him now. And they don't. Why, why doesn't he do it, Steve? Because Johnny has big plans. Uh-huh. He, he wants to completely get rid of the cyclos altogether and he knows if they just kill Turl now that they won't be able they won't get any further so he yeah he needs more knowledge and stuff. yeah so he convinces the other humans to kind of hang back and he gives Turl his gun back and he's like oh right. I knew you were if I had tried to kill you you're so super smart that you would have just defeated me anyway and Turl's like you're damn right that's right now watch this uh, uh, and and the ship lands and his girlfriend is in yeah oh and somehow turtle knows that she's his girlfriend yeah they never really explain that do they mm. not really but she has she has one of those collars that everybody has in sci-fi movies where it blows your head off if the bad guy pushes a button and he's like nah, and he demonstrates it on another yeah guy. he's like you better do what and i say or i'll blow her head off we're supposed to be really upset over this non-relationship that was never established with another one of the guys yeah. and we're supposed to i guess feel bad well you, i mean this relative stranger to us has had his head blown you, off, off yeah camera. you see people crying in slow motion so that's always a cue that we're supposed to feel bad i know i know <sighs> i didn't feel bad so back at the prison he all the all the humans want to fight yeah yeah, yeah. they're 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 right they're ready to rise up and start a revolt and then I just wrote more politics. Oh, God. There was more cyclopolitics. I'm sure Kelly Preston was in there somewhere. Yeah. They convinced the guy who's actually running the planet that you're not going to run the planet anymore because we got something or something or rather, right? And now, yeah. oh, no, Turtle's in charge of the planet, basically. Yeah, he's like the, yeah, he's the power behind the power, sort of. Yeah. So now they're going off, and they get dropped off to mine the gold. And they say, some of us are going to stay here to mine the gold, and the rest of us are going to fly all over the fucking place. Yeah, because apparently... Because they never check the fuel levels in these things. And apparently... Fuck it, why not? And apparently they don't have, like, tracking devices. Like, they, they these advanced aliens with technology nope. so so advanced that they defeated the entire combined military of the human race in nine they're minutes. They're so advanced that they have an interstellar transporting device. They have a, yes, they have a teleporter that can take them from Earth to their planet, but but mm-hmm. they don't notice when some man animals take uh, one of their aircraft like 500 mm-hmm. miles off course. <laughs> they go from, they're in Colorado. They fly the fucking ship. First, they go to Fort Knox, which is in Kentucky. In Kentucky. Fort Knox. They go to Kentucky. Fort Knox. In Kentucky <laughs> from Colorado. And the, the bad guys their don't notice. The plan is Johnny somehow read about Fort Knox in the three and a half seconds that he was at the Library of Congress. (laughs) He says, I heard about a place called Fort Knox. Oh, okay, sure. And we're going to find it. And they're still so stupid that they can't figure out why the lines on the map aren't actually on the ground as they're flying. 
Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So that yeah. So they 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 need to give Turl a certain amount of gold, but they know they're not going right. to actually. They have fourteen days. Yeah. They have fourteen days. But they know they're not they fourteen a, days. But they're not actually going to be mining any gold because they're going to be flying around doing all kinds of other shit. So they take the gold from Fort Knox. That's yeah. right. And they also find. Um, they also they're gonna they find they're also. <laughs> This, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, oh God! They're, so they have this scene where they say we're going to blow the dome. Yeah, and then we're going to take a nuclear weapon and we're going to stick it on the transporter thing and send it back to Cyclo. Yeah, and we're going to commit genocide. Yes. So we're going to do we're going to kill everybody here and then we're going to commit genocide. Yeah, and like yeah. sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and then they break into a place in Texas. Yeah, a Fort Hood. Right? I think the title tells us it. Fort, Fort, Hood. Fort Hood. Yeah. And they've got ammunition and guns and Harrier jets mm-hmm. and tanks and stuff, right? Yeah, stuff that I guess was left over from when the Cyclos utterly annihilated the <laughs> the, the American military a thousand hey, years Steve. ago. Hey, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Fuel. Uh-huh. Fuel has a shelf life of three years before it goes bad. That's true. That's very true. Rubber on true. tires just sitting around has about a shelf life of about seven to ten years before they fall apart and go yep. bad. That's very as true. As well as any of the rubber materials inside any of the weapons mm-hmm. of the vehicles or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. fun fact, gunpowder goes bad. Yep. It goes real bad. Those are brass fittings on those on those on on all of that stuff. And unless you're telling me that it was hermetically sealed with no moisture, that all of of those bullets are still good, right, Steve? <laughs> That's well. I mean, the thing is, in the movie, everything works just fine. That's the yay. Thing. And then he starts putting these fucking filthy primitives into a flight simulator so they can learn in less than 14 days how to fly a Harrier jet. <laughs> just so, so let's let's circle back to what I said earlier. They're so they're they're such dipshits. They don't know what mannequins are. Nope. But now they have like a week. To teach themselves how to these fly fighter grunting, jets. These people who grunt like chimps. Yes. <laughs> and also they start saying something to each other. Right, Steve? They start to have this common phrase that they say to each other. Oh, is that uh, the piece of, pe- cake. piece of cake thing? Yeah, yeah. Piece of cake. Piece of so cake. Let me get this straight. The memory of our past civilization is blanked from, from all of their collective memories, but they remember piece of cake. Yep. Piece of cake, Steve. I can't imagine any of them has ever seen a cake. The cake is a lie. <laughs> but they know <laughs> the cake is a lie. <laughs> but they know about piece of cake and what that phrase means, yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they keep saying it back and forth to each other. Um then Johnny works some mind games on on Chunk. He's like, you know he's not going to share the gold with you, Chunk. And he's like, shut up. He is too. And he's like, no, he's not. Here, I found some stuff. Here, here's that audio recording that he made of you yeah. to blackmail you and putting blame on you for training us. And he's like, ah, ha, ha. And so then Chunk gloats. <laughs> <laughs> to Turl and he's like I've got you your balls are in my hand and then he goes what hand and he shoots his hand off <laughs> and he's like it doesn't okay so alright this is one of two um, dismemberments in the movie yes. where apparently the cyclists feel no pain and don't bleed no no <laughs> they just seem kind of mildly annoyed yes. that they've lost a limb like oh come on Turl gets the upper hand and shoots off Chunk's hand. And he just kind of looks at it and then walks off. Yeah. Like nothing, no pain, no blood, no nothing. Just kind of bummed. Just like, oh, what a jerk. I can't believe he did that. (sighs) Then Johnny and and his trophy, whatever her name is, Chrissy. Chrissy. Her name's Chrissy. Chrissy. Her name's 
Fucking Chrissy. Yep. Shit. Yep. Anyway, so they meet, and she's like, I think this is your destiny to do this. And he's like, what? He said, what? And then she says, I want to have your babies. And he's like, yay, babies. And then, um, then... Then it's just escape foo for the rest of the movie. Yeah, pretty much for the last half hour because they have this they have this plot that we mentioned before where they want to draw all of the cyclos you know out to look for them to look for the the, the revolting humans and then Carlo is supposed to Boy, blow they are the revolting. dome. Yeah. <laughs> they are revolting, aren't they? Anyway, they smuggled all of these guns and shit to them somehow. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, yeah we're going to shoot stuff up. And they're all like shooting stuff. And Johnny and this other guy who's, who car- carries around this nuclear weapon with him. Yeah, his backpack-sized nuclear weapon. Yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, Turl wants to take all of his gold and, and beam it back to the planet so that he can go live back on Cyclo. Right. And and people are calling him and they're like, they're, uh, all of the, the man animals have escaped and they're killing everyone. And he's like, stop bothering me with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to blow the dome, sir. I don't care. Leave me alone. Blah, 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 blah. Not my problem. What did you say again? <laughs> so here's what happened. Grunty grunty guy lands one of their ships and is going to blow the dome and then other ships come and they're going to shoot him. But then the Harriers show up and they shoot it back. And these are guys dressed like cavemen yes. driving around in the Harrier jets. Yep. One of them says out loud, um, I'm almost on his tail, which I'm <sighs> fairly certain no one taught him. No. And is specifically a, a fighting term. Yeah. So yep. fuck you, movie. And, and they're not just hey, this. This is okay. These these cavemen. They not only taught themselves how to fly one of these jets without immediately uh-huh. crashing it. They're like flying in formation and doing precision uh-huh. flying through a city yep. between skyscrapers, like yep. the kind of thing that a really really highly trained like veteran fighter pilot would have trouble doing. Right. Yeah. Unless you guys don't know a Harrier jet is the kind that can do a vertical takeoff and landing. Right. It scares it scares even long-time professional pilots because it's a whole new set of skills you need to learn in order to take off and land one of those things without crashing. Yeah. <laughs> but these ugnots are flying around and and sh- <laughs> things are getting shot and then they finally finally dude crashes into the thing and he blows himself up and the, the, his explosion shatters all of the glass? Sure. Okay. Yeah. And Over the entire the city of Denver. Because <laughs> remember, they said all the regular air is going to get in and all the guys will suffocate. But instead, what happens is is there's a bunch of explosions and we see guys getting exploded. What we don't see are a bunch of the psychos crawling around on the ground, gasping at their necks, trying to get air. No. That's weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's strange. Anyway, so Johnny Be Good is at the transported thing. <laughs> And then, whatever, I don't fucking care anymore. See, if they had called him that, it would have been better. And Turl's there, and they have a fight, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Johnny blows off his arm, and he looks mildly inconvenienced by the fact that he's just lost one of his arms. Ugh, come on. Because, once again, it causes him no pain and does not bleed. But then the other dude who lost his... The guy who had his head blown off, yeah. remember that guy? Yeah. His, he he wants to die now, and so he goes. He gets sent back to Cyclo, and he's got the thing, and he blows it up, and Cyclo explodes. Yeah. It's gone. 
Now, I can understand the uh, the atmosphere burning away, right? Yeah. I get that. Sure, they explain that. Why would it cause the planet to explode I have... to a million bajillion pieces? <laughs> I, to the point where there's nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> And we stay on it. Yeah. They, like, we oh, linger. Okay, we got it. We got it. We linger it, it, on this exploded. empty void of space where, where <laughs> there was a planet. Like, see? It's gone. And our, I think they held for cheering. Yeah. I honestly yeah. believe. They thought people. They said, let's hold here because the audience will be so into it. <laughs> like, They'll be cheering for a long time. <laughs> like it's the we explosion don't... of the Death Star or something. Like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then come back to Earth. And and Johnny is talking to tur- Turd, and Turd's like, ah, ha, ha, you got me here. And then he says, shoot him, because he's in a cage. Yeah, they've got him locked up in a cage in Fort Knox. And he's, and he's like, shoot him, and then out, and then this would have worked had we known that, that Chunk was in there, but we didn't know Chunk was in there. No. Chunk appears with a gun. <laughs> And he hands it to Johnny. He said, I fixed it. It'll be fine now. And he's like, how could you do that? This is just so crazy. And he's like, you know, we're extinct now, right? It's me and you. That's it. We're the we, only ones. You can't have babies. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. And he laughs. And uh, and they leave him in his... They, they, he says, ah, now you got all the gold you want. Right, Steve? Yeah. Oh, what a bitterly ironic ending. Yeah. And then um, the movie's over. Right. Yeah, the movie's That's over. That's it. The movie is fucking over. Ah, yes. And those that survived were put on stretchers and removed from the theater. <laughs> so, Steve. Uh huh. How do you yep. feel about this? This movie, this thing that we saw, this, this. <laughs> oh boy, I. It's. Uh, it doesn't matter if Scientology had anything to do with it. Just as a movie, yes. How do you feel mm. about this fucking goddamn stillborn <laughs> monster that was unleashed upon us in two thousand? Oh, you uh, you have to admit that under the broadest technical definition, it is a movie. Yes. Um. So this is I had not I had never seen it before I watched it for this. I did not see it when it came out. Good for you. Uh, I remember when it came out, it was like instantly talked about as like, oh, Jesus, this is bad. And so I just never saw it because I was like, why go see a bad movie? But uh, it's one of the most fascinatingly awful movies I've ever seen. Like, (laughs) it's not entertaining. It's not fun to watch in the traditional sense of like you sit down and watch a movie. But it's... It's it's a failure in such interesting and inexplicable ways. You could teach an entire course in film school using on this how movie not to make a movie. Yeah, this would be the movie of the, of of what not to do. And there are so many things this movie does that just make you shake your head and go, "Why? Why? Like, what were they mm-hmm. possibly thinking?" From the very beginning, it has this weirdly amateurish quality. It's like, like the only way I can think of to describe it is it's like a big budget, low budget movie. It's like they gave, mm-hmm. you know, $40 million to people who had never made movies before. And they said, there, make a movie. I mean, the, the, the credits, the, the, you know, laughably portentous man is an endangered species, like opening title cards, yeah. the fucking Dutch angles everywhere, <laughs> the slow motion that just bleeds the excitement out of every single action scene. Um, everything this movie does, it does wrong. There's no suspense. 
because it's obvious from the moment we meet Turl that he's a fucking doofus, that he, mm-hmm. he underestimates how smart Johnny is and how smart the other humans are, that he's overconfident to a fault and that will be his downfall. And that's exactly what happens. Like there's no twist yep. and turn. It turns like, oh, this uh, this Turl guy seems like kind of an overconfident doofus. That's exactly what he is. And, yeah. and for two hours, we watch as the main villain of the film willingly teaches the hero everything he needs to know to defeat him. Yeah. And then the hero defeats the villain, just how you Mm -hmm. would expect him to. Like, there is no... It's such a baffling and preposterous plot and, and writing choice. And we, we mentioned this a little bit during the summary. We, we waste so much time watching the Cyclos bicker with each other over trivial bullshit that yep. winds up meaning nothing and just burns up screen time. Or it might be more accurate yeah. to say it, it gives John Travolta screen time because it, they're mostly his scenes. Where they're, uh-huh. they're arguing over, oh, whether or not people can use guns, whether or not humans can fly. It's just like these arguments over trivial shit that just go on and on and on forever and go nowhere. There's that ridiculous, like, total blind alley side plot that we mentioned about how they release the humans to find out their favorite food that is like five <laughs> minutes of the movie that means nothing and just makes the villain look like even more of a dipshit than he already yep. was. Um, we're supposed to believe that humans who are basically living like cave people can teach themselves to fly alien aircraft and U.S. military fighter jets inside of a week. We're supposed right. to think Johnny is a hero for yes. committing an act of genocide at the end of the right. movie. And here's the thing about that. Um, that act of genocide blowing up the entire cyclo homeworld is never discussed in anything other than tactical terms. Right. It's, it's well, we're going to do this because this will stop them from sending reinforcements. And everybody's like, okay. And look, all of the cyclos that we see in this movie are bastards, right? Yeah. But they don't all seem like totally evil. Like the bartender doesn't seem evil. Like, he seems like he's obviously he's on the side of the bad guys. He's like a collaborator. He's like he doesn't he's he's you know, he's a cyclo. He's a dick. But he doesn't seem like like so evil that he deserves to be executed along with every other cyclo. But so the cyclos that we see are bastards. But is it right to blow up their entire planet? And and if that is the only choice, like if they are in this situation where, you know what, it's us or them. This there's there are so few humans left. This is our only chance. Their reasoning is. Even if we get rid of the cyclos on Earth, they'll just send more. Right, and if that is the case, and that and they talk again, they talk about it strategically, but they never. It would have been nice to at least have a scene where the heroic characters are at least talking about it, where at least one human is like, I mean, do we really want to kill all of them? Do we really want to blow up their whole planet? Doesn't that make us worse than them? And, and then, you know what? But if they did that, I just want to interject. Yeah, if they did that. It would stick out like a sore thumb oh, because yeah. there's no discussion about anything like near to that. No, that's true. There's no there's no depth or thoughtfulness no. or anything. Um, but here's the thing, and this this is this thought occurred to me shortly after John Travolta first appears in the movie, and and I had the thought a few more times throughout it, and this is one of the most interesting things about the movie to me is that I feel like. With a few relatively minor adjustments that were made early on in the production, like at the script stage, before they got to the uh-huh. point of shooting it, this shitburger of a movie 
could have been transformed into a decent movie. And I think the main change that would have had to occur is this movie should have been a comedy instead of a gritty (laughs) sci-fi movie. Because if this was a movie that parodied movies like this... (coughs) That, that parodied like over the top grim gritty sci-fi action movies instead of being one of those movies I think it could have worked John Travolta plays Turl like a character who wants to be in a comedy yeah he's a comic character he's egotistical and oblivious he's like gleefully duplicitous he has like two or three scenes where it's the exact same scene where some other character is like you're not going to do this thing to me are you and he's like of course I'm not going to do that thing to you and then like five seconds later he's like i'm doing that thing to you and (laughs) you know and it's the same scene and the other guy but you said you wouldn't do the thing and travolta's like well but i'm technically not doing the thing i'm doing this other thing ha 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 i tricked you you know what i mean like he he's a it's impossible to take him seriously Mm -hmm. as a threat but if we're supposed to laugh at him if he's a character in a comedy it's a whole different thing um unfortunately (laughs) this isn't a comedy we're not supposed to laugh at it aside from a few intentional comic relief moments here and there uh-huh. we're supposed to care about the liberation of the humans we're supposed to think of johnny as a like a brave heart figure who is leading this revolt to lead the <laughs> humans to freedom and it just right. does not work on that level at all nope. um there are a few so bad it's good moments mostly involving travolta as turl that it's kind of watchable at times, but it's not nearly engaging enough on that level to make me want to watch it again or to work no. to work on the whole as like a so bad it's good movie. Um, right. And yeah, it's based on a book by L. Ron Hubbard. So fuck that guy and, and fuck Scientology and fuck this movie. Uh, not a good movie. Not a good movie at all. But a, a bad in an interesting way, but still incredibly, incredibly bad. Can my turn? Yes got to undo what Steve said because some of you may be tempted to watch it after what he said. (laughs) You're going to warn them off? (laughs) Yes. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's no no nothing in here. There's a scene in this movie. It's very brief, but I think it surmises to me the problem with this film. Yeah. During the whole jailbreak and all this other stuff, they have a guy up in a tower on a walkie-talkie trying to tell other people on their old walkie-talkies where the troops are coming and all this stuff. And he says into his walkie-talkie, Johnny, there's a whole bunch, and this is paraphrasing, there's a whole bunch of cyclos coming your way, coming your way fast. And they cut down to his, from his POV down to the ground, and it's about six guys, and they're moving as fast as guys in one-foot heels can move in those costumes, which isn't fast at all. <laughs> they just seem to be kind of clomp-stomping their way across it. And yep. that was that perfectly sums up the movie for me. They couldn't live up to what they were they couldn't live up to what they were writing because this was a cheap ass movie that no one wanted to fund. Yeah. Okay. There are some ideas in here that could be interesting, but not enough thought was put into the ideas or they were not willing to stray away from the source material far enough to make the movie compelling. For example, if they had started this movie and it was just a bunch of humans living as primitives, and we were introduced to it slowly rather than the crawl that this was already Earth, yeah. and we were allowed to discover that on our own, that could be interesting. Instead of a thousand years, if it had been 10,000 years under control of these people, that could have been interesting. Had the aliens looked like aliens and not third string Star Trek villains, <laughs> that could have been interesting. 
it's like they had a lot of story, they had a lot of stuff that they wanted to do, but they didn't have the budget to pull it off. This movie looks awful. Oh, yeah. It is one of the ugliest films I've ever seen. And none of the special effects work anymore, or at all, if they ever did. There are movies, Gladiator came out this year. Gladiator used a lot of CGI, a lot more than people thought yeah. uh, thought were capable. Gladiator still looks good now. This movie looks like it was made in 1980, <laughs> yes. not in the year 2000. Oh. And it just reeks of cheapness. Yeah. Whenever we're inside the cyclo base, you can tell that they were filming inside an abandoned warehouse. And an abandoned warehouse should be everybody's trigger to say, oh, this movie doesn't have a budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything with the cyclos is dark and cramped because they could only afford about three sets. The rest of it was filmed outside. And there's another one for you guys. If it looks like it's been filmed in a public park, <laughs> they didn't have a budget. <laughs> nope. But everything boils down to the script. And the script genuinely feels like it was written by a very ambitious 13-year-old mm -hmm. who didn't understand how things worked all the way together. Like, for example... Um, after 500 years, there wouldn't be a single structure left standing of our human civilization, much less, you know, jets, <laughs> ammo, fuel. Yeah. Somehow those Harrier jets f flew all the way from Texas to Denver yeah. without refueling at any point. <laughs> the naivete of this of this script truly makes it feels like makes it feel like it was written in either the 1950s or 1960s. There is almost a willful ignorance about science in this thing and about the the worlds that they're trying to build. Let's take the cyclos for example. The cyclos invade for our resources? I guess. Or just gold. Yeah. Something along those lines. We're not sure. They are technologically advanced enough to put down a base, to have these ships that fly around, and also to be able to teleport who knows how many millions of light years across the galaxy to another, to another, you know, planet. Yeah. Right? But they can't possibly go into the irradiated areas because their breathing stuff could explode. <laughs> Yeah, and they've had a thousand years to work on that. They've had more than a thousand years to work on it, because I'm fairly certain this is common on whatever planet they land on. And um, they never, not once, ever, at any point, said, hey, you know what would be neat? Is if we had a robot. <laughs> if we right. could have a robot do it. Can't we have robots go in there? Also, we've been here a thousand years and we still haven't gotten all the gold? There's still gold piled up in Fort Knox. And John Travolta has a gold <laughs> detector that he carries around in his hand. That's right. And they can see it from space. Yeah. And they keep finding all this gold in places where they can't get to it because of the plot contrivance. Yeah. It's dumb. Here's what I would have liked. Spending more time with Johnny whatever his name is. <laughs> Getting to know him as a character, but we don't. We get to we we spend so much time with the fucking cyclos that you start forgetting who who this movie is about and what's going on. Johnny just wants freedom from the very beginning. He's a one note character from beginning to end. From beginning to end, no moments of self doubt, no no moments of self reflection, no. nothing. He just knows exactly what he's gonna do and how he's gonna and oh he's gonna unite everybody and blah 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 and he's the George Washington of all these pig ignorant grunting humans. <laughs> 
So how anyone watched this, how anybody, I, I can't, ima- I don't know how many executives committed suicide or just thought, I'm quitting now because they saw the final product of this before they put it out. I'm sure some fled the country. Other people just went right into real estate. Like, there's no way. There's no way I'll have a career after this. This killed John DeVolta's career. Again. Again. Yeah. Other times it was nothing, but it was not by his own doing. This time it was definitely by his own oh, doing. Yeah, for sure. He's been trying, he had been trying to get this movie made for several dozen years, but more than that, I probably, I think about 20 years. Yeah. And no one wanted to touch it. There is a reason why the steps necessary to turn this into a serviceable sci fi movie. The story was still kind of dumb and it was really long. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just kind of stupid. Because you'd have to change so much shit to get this plot to work. Yeah. Well, you would ju- you would just have to take the bare bones of it and make up the rest. Yeah, you couldn't make like an adaptation of it because it's so bad. There's still no adaptation. There's no reason for the cyclos to be there. No, none. You have to figure out some reason for them to still be there a thousand years or however many years it is since they've been there. What they want and how they're going to get it. It would it have been needed to have been more like like the lizard people. I think they are in the book. Sure, but not enough for me to be, sit there and go, oh boy, I can't wait for part two, in which there was supposed to be a part two, in which they had planned on their Oh yeah, Travolta wanted it to be like a franchise. Of course yeah. he did. Of course he did. That's why his character's not dead at the end of the movie. Mm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate this movie. This is this is what happens when people just keep insisting on something getting made and dumb people invest money. And that's exactly what happened. Dumb people got pre- either yeah. pressured into or thought it was actually a good idea. We saw what we saw that franchise pictures really didn't give a fuck about the movie. What they gave a fuck about was committing fraud. Yeah. That was the whole reason they backed it. It was to commit fucking fraud. That was it. <laughs> and then this movie got out there and I know people are probably like what do you mean Adam Sandler and what I'm saying is Adam Sandler's movies cost 75 million dollars and they look like they've been made for five and where did all that money go and I'm lumping Mike Myers in there too until his last movie was so bad that no one wanted to ever see his fucking face again <laughs> Am I saying that Adam Sandler committed fraud? No. I'm suggesting it. There's <laughs> a difference. It's, it's, it's a possibility that's all. Everyone think back to his last, I don't know, seven movies. Take a look at how much it costs to make and then try to figure out where all that money went. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. They filmed at a waterslide park. and, and <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider and it, can't be commanding that big of a salary. It costs just as much as the first Lord of the Rings movie. I don't understand <laughs> this. Hmm. But no, I'm not saying that that is the, that is the case. But in this case, yes, it does very much appear <laughs> that, is, yes. that the main, the main production company was like, hey, we're going to be able to steal so much money by forcing people to invest in it. So the movie's bad. Bad script, bad special effects, bad actors. Well, the actors did the best they could with what they got. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Forrest Whitaker is a bad actor. He's not. And neither is... Uh, uh, Barry Pepper. Johnny, Barry Pepper, thank you. Neither is Barry Pepper. And neither is Travolta. John- <laughs> he's not. I mean, he's not a bad actor, but he's, he, this, this is, this is clearly, this is clearly like an ego trip for him. And yeah, he, 
I think he can be a good actor if there's someone there that can control him. <laughs> if, there's, if there's a Quentin Tarantino on the other side of the camera screaming at him. And that's something else Travolta said. Quentin Tarantino said he loved the movie. Do you know, I heard, you probably know this too when from your research, Travolta offered Tarantino the director's job on this. And Tarantino, holy shit! And Tarantino said no because he's seen movies before and he knew what this yeah, was going to be. He was like, "Nah." He, what, he wanted to see the train wreck. Yeah. He wanted to see the wreckage falling from the bridge. He was like, "Yay!" <laughs> I don't want to be on the train. <laughs> I want to <laughs> be I, standing at a safe distance. I watching want to the watch this wreck. part of movie history, not be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I don't like it. I hate it. No one, no one go see it. There's no so funny. It's, maybe if you watch the clip of Turl on YouTube, that would be fine. But you don't have to sit through this god awful mess in order to, in order to get those those scenes. No, so don't. And I also, agree. Yeah. So yeah, not a classic. Deserves its reputation. Deserves worse, as far as I'm concerned. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> the people who made this movie did wrong. <laughs> Okay, Steve. So, do you have a movie that you would like to recommend people go see? I do, actually. Hooray! Um, has absolutely nothing to do with Battlefield Earth. I, I, Hooray! I gave up on that after about five minutes. I was like, what the hell movie am I going to recommend? And, I recommend Battleship Protector. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got battle in it. It's a lot better. Battle Beyond the Stars. It's a lot better. No, um, it has absolutely nothing to do with Battlefield Earth or anything about it. But uh, as as many as you know, and as many of our listeners know, uh, since our last episode went up, there was a whole new streaming service that launched, this little thing called Disney Plus uh, uh, that everybody's super excited about. That everyone will have to use eventually because yeah. they'll own everything. Yeah, exactly. Pretty soon everything will be, every, the, the world. You want to watch The Simpsons? Disney Plus. Yeah. Which is worth, I mean, to me, like having every Simpsons episode on there is worth. Old episodes of the X Files. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus. Disney Plus. We're gonna buy Netflix eventually too. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so so the movie I'm recommending is a movie that is on Disney Plus that I was I was very happy to discover was there and uh, gave me an excuse to watch it again. And I have not seen it for a very long time. It, it came out in 1986. And I actually saw this movie in the theater as a little six-year-old Steve. Oh, God, it's a six-year-old recommendation. Yes, it is. And look, it's not as good of a movie as it was when I was six, but it holds Uh up for the most part pretty well. It's a a feel-good sci-fi adventure movie. Wait, you're Mr. Doom and Gloom. Well, I like a feel-good movie every once in a while. All right. I do like Star Trek. That's not exactly a dystopian, you know, epic. I mean... It depends on which, well, that's, which part of Star Trek. That's true. There's parts of it that are a little grim. But anyway. I wasn't doing a tap dance at the end of DS9. Yeah. Oh, what a happy ending. <laughs> Jake's all alone. What a happy ending. <laughs> he's a grown man by that he's, point. He's staring forlornly out but the window. But we also know he's a blubber puss and, and it tends to be a little psychotic when it comes to his father. It's like you, you watch the first episode and you say, you see that adorable little kid? In the end of the last episode, the final shot will be him staring forlornly out the window of the space station at nothing, having been abandoned yeah. by his father. Goodbye, everybody. Uh <laughs> No, so no, the movie I'm recommending is with a pregnant stepmom. With a pregnant stepmom. <laughs> yeah. And a best friend still dealing with PTSD. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Great show. It is. It's a great show. But anyway, it's a great uh, show. <laughs> having said that, um the movie I'm recommending is a little movie called Flight of the Navigator. Oh god. You don't like this movie? 
I haven't seen this movie in so it's long. Very, it's not. It's not like it's one of those movies. People my age who saw it have fond memories of it. Kind. It's kind of like, um, like the movie Monster Squad, right? Uh-huh. Not not a yeah. great movie, but a movie that we saw when we were kids, and we think about it now, and we're like, oh, you remember Monster Squad? Well, Flight of the Navigator yeah. is like Monster that. Squad taught us that Wolfman has narts. Wolfman does indeed have narts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Frankenstein, which we already knew, but Frankenstein is an okay guy. Frankenstein's a good guy. But anyway, yeah. uh, so so this is a movie. It's about a, a kid, like a twelve-year-old kid, who uh, falls and bumps his head in 1978, and when he wakes up, it's 1986, yeah. and he's still the same age, and and he's been missing like all this time, but he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. And he's like, "What's going on? Everybody's older except for me." Um, and then right. he finds this spaceship that is uh, controlled by a computer that has the voice of Pee Wee Herman. Not yet. It Not doesn't. yet, but eventually it does. But it's, it's voiced by Paul Rubens, and he eventually right. he does a very Pee Wee Hermanish voice. But yeah, not not right away. Um, and it's about this, you know, he ha- and he has the ability to control this ship. And he they, there's kind of an ET thing where like NASA's really interested in him because he has this yeah. connection to the ship. And it's you know he 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 has wacky adventures on the spaceship, and. Right. Uh, and it has a really terrific cast. Uh, Cliff DeYoung, who is a fantastic actor, who I'm always happy to see in stuff, plays the dad. Veronica Cartwright, who we remember from The Right Stuff, is in it. Sarah Jessica Parker is in it. Howard Hessman from mm-hmm. WKRP in Cincinnati. Just a really cool cast of people that you would know if, if you watch movies and TV from the 70s and 80s. And yeah. uh, it's just a fun, inoffensive, good, not great movie that to me is like a warm blanket and is something that is much, much nicer to sit through. And it's only an hour and a half long it's half an hour shorter than battlefield Yay. earth too so Hooray. so that gives it an advantage as well so if you watch battlefield earth and you're like what am i doing with my life <laughs> why did i watch this movie <laughs> you and and you happen to sign up for disney plus because you wanted to watch the mandalorian and you're now you're looking uh-huh. for something else to watch in between episodes <laughs> check, yeah. check out uh flight of the navigator that's my recommendation Okay, as you guys know, I like to recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, and it's the year 2000, the year and I 2000. I was feeling pretty bad. I saw Battlefield Earth yeah. just out of curiosity, and I wanted to punch people, and I didn't care who it was, and there was no one there to talk me down. I was angry at movies. I was angry at everybody, and then a really good old friend came up and said, don't worry, buddy. I got a movie coming out this year. Uh-huh. You're gonna be able to sit down and laugh at it and clap your hands. And the special effects haven't really improved since we started making these movies. The movie that I'm talking about, the friend that reached out his clawed hand and picked me up in it because he's so gigantically huge, is Godzilla. Uh-huh. And Godzilla 2000. Oh yes. Not the best Godzilla movie in the world, but holy shit did I need that after this shit sandwich was shoved down my throat. <laughs> what do I have what do I have to say about Godzilla two thousand? Godzilla Godzilla shows up and he beats up some alien dudes. This is a UFO. There's a great there oh there's so many great shots. And my favorite thing and, and I'm sure you guys I'm not but I don't care. The very end is my favorite Godzilla thing ever in any of the Toho Godzilla movies. Where a bunch of people standing on top of a building say, you know, Godzilla is in fact the protector of us all, while Godzilla burns Tokyo to the ground. <laughs> Godzilla doesn't care. He gives zero fucks. He's not your friend. He just beat up an alien. Godzilla just likes to fight. That's right, baby. (laughs) 
I'm not saying it's the greatest movie in the world, but it is fun. Just like most Godzilla movies are yeah, fun. Yeah, I remember so that one. Yeah, I'm recommending God. And also, it was a treat for me because it was the very first time that I got to watch a Toho Godzilla movie in a movie theater. Yeah. Not some re-release at some art house of the original Godzilla with subtitles. I'm talking about, you know, bad dubbing. <laughs> yeah. And guys in suits. Yeah. It was fun. I, I liked it. Well, I, well, you know, I, I saw it in the theater, too. And I remember my my best friend and roommate at the time, uh, I had to talk him into going to the movie with me because I was like, we have to go see this. It's a Godzilla movie. It's in the theater, you know, because I'm the same way. I had not seen a Godzilla movie, like a proper Godzilla movie in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have to go see it. And he was like, but it's Godzilla. It's just a guy in a suit. And I'm like, exactly. Like, he didn't get it. He was like, how can you not you get it? the same thing about Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> just a guy in a God, suit. He's not... Fine, I'll go by myself. Abraham Lincoln to Godzilla. Okay, look, if if aliens invaded, who would you rather have on your side, Abraham Lincoln or Godzilla? Godzilla. I mean, it's not even a choice. Do you? I don't. I don't know if those homespun country witticisms of (laughs) of good old honest Abe would have any effect on the aliens at all. Oh my God! When when Gigan and Megalon showed up, did the people of Japan say (laughs) summon Abraham Lincoln, or did they say summon Abraham Lincoln, or did they say summon Godzilla? Go to Monster Island and get Godzilla's ass over here. They open up a case, and these two little tiny fairies. When Southern dress come out, (laughs) oh my God! They sing the battle hymn of the Republic. (laughs) The Lincoln Abraham Lincoln comes. A giant Abraham Lincoln comes up out of the the dusty soil of Illinois. (laughs) He's got an axe. Rolls rolls up his sleeves, picks up a giant axe handle. Please, if anyone in Toho Pictures is listening to this podcast, please make an Abraham Lincoln kaiju movie, please. <sighs> All right, Steve. It's that time again. It is. Time for you mm. to make a terrible... Oh, wait a minute! Oh. I'm not going to make Steve make a terrible choice. Because oh. I'm going to do something infinitely worse <laughs> to all of you. We're going to inflict it on everyone without even the illusion of choice. Now is the time that I usually would have Steve blindly choose the next movie that we're going to review. But next month, a little movie comes out. The last movie in a saga, right, Steve? So I've heard, yes. Hmm. Yes, the the rise of the... The, Rise of Skywalker. Yes, yes, swear to God, we promise, we mean it this time, the last Star Wars movie. Star Wars Episode Nine, and I finally said, fuck it, let's get it over with, shall we? I don't want to be doing these fucking movies over the next ten years, so December is now going to be our last Star Wars hurrah. Yeah. First up, we're going to review The Yes. The Revenge of the Sith. Oh, boy. What some people have called the best of the prequels. Sure. <laughs> right. Sure. I don't know what they've been smoking. It's like calling something the best form of herpes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the herpes you want to have. If you have to have one, that's the one you want. Then we're going to review The Return of the Jedi. Now we're talking. The last of the originals that came out. But Jason, mm. what about Christmas? What about Christmas? What about Christmas, Steve? How are we going to do a Star Wars holiday special oh. for Christmas? 
There's no such thing that exists like that, right? You know, I have heard I have heard tales on the internet yes? of such a thing. Don't get out of, of here. Of a Star Wars holiday special, if you will, that was actually uh-huh. shown on television in 1978. Now, wait a minute. That kind of breaks everything. As you guys know, we like to do like a Riff Tracks version yeah. where we do commentary on something, that's, right? That's right. We did Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie. We did... Um, Home Alone. I wanted to say One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> that that <laughs> classic family Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that's right. And we did Home Alone. But this is just, a, is it at least two hours long? I think so. I bet it it's is. like an hour and a half, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, guys. So our Christmas present to you this year will be our audio commentary of... The Star Wars Holiday oh. Special. So there you go. And then we'll be fucking done. That's right. <laughs> we will no longer have these fucking Star Wars movies hanging over our goddamn heads. <laughs> I only liked three of the fucking things. Why do we keep having to review all of them? <laughs> Why do the studios keep making them? <laughs> I was done when Darth Vader died. (laughs) Oh, oh, cool. The story's over. Wait, no, they're doing more. (laughs) No. Oh, we got to learn what happened before. Okay, I was invested in that. Wait, oh, God. (laughs) They had kids? Jesus Christ. (laughs) If Jason sounds like he's Star Wars'd out, he's Star Wars'd out. He's enjoyed the movies fine, the new ones that have come sure. out. They're fine. They're fine, but I don't have the enthusiasm like I did the originals. It, it is weird how after like five years of a new Star Wars movie every year, it kind of starts to grind on you. Even if you like Star Wars, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just, I, I don't want like to f- see one this year. There's too many of them. When Luke said it was time for the Jedis to die, I was with him. I was like, no more Jedis, It's like, please. yes, you no go, No more Luke. of these boring fuck sticks. No more of them, <laughs> You're please. like yelling at Ray. Listen to Luke. What are you doing? You've this? taken the least interesting part of your canon and you've made them the central thing. And then Yoda set the tree on fire, and you were like, "Yeah." <laughs> Should have set the tree on fire and exploded Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All the fanboys would have loved that. I like the movies fine, but I just liked them fine. They were fine. I'm not invested. I don't. I don't. Guys, I don't care anymore. No more. It's not like the Marvel movies where if you didn't like that one, there's another one, and maybe that one will be different. And it's not all interconnected. That's why The Mandalorian's good. Hey, guys, go watch The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. As we record this, we're we're two episodes into it, and so far it has been very good. That's right. Steve and I talked about before we started recording this show, we talked about how much we like it. And it has good old late-seating standby Werner Herzog in it, and that can't hurt (laughs) at all, Yeah, buddy. Doesn't even know what Star Wars is. Nope, but there's a paycheck in it. <laughs> yep, he can use it to spend on making his next disturbing documentary. That's right. So, guys, for the first time in show history, you got your month planned. Yeah. Oh, boy. We're going to late seating you know the shit out of this You know what you're going to be thing. listening to on Christmas Eve, and I'm sorry. Hopefully, Steve and I will be able to make fun of that Drek Fest for <laughs> however long it runs. It'll be great. But it'll be free on YouTube, so you won't have to worry yeah, about renting it right. anywhere. Um, and then we get the other two Star Wars things, then we don't ever have to say Star Wars ever again. And then December is free next you're year. You're free. We're all free. We're all free. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, for late seating. 
This has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie next week. And this has been Steve Shives. You imbecile, what kind of crap lousy game are you playing? What do you mean crap lousy? What? Crap lousy? That's how we <laughs> swear, I guess. We, what the crap is a human we word? We throw <laughs> random words together, and those are our swears. Crap lousy. Is there a crap happy game? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would have been funny. I am so crap happy, I don't know what to crap with myself. <laughs> they just say crap. <laughs> I'm so crap happy. <laughs> this planet is Does a total crap shack. It's a crap crapsicle with crap on top. Not like Cyclo, that's a crap castle. I'm going to vent my ducks and hit my skull bone. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we transfer them over to the Star Trek universe? I, can we yeah. have the cyclos be in the Star Trek universe where just people just laugh at them all day long? <laughs> <laughs> They're like the laughing stock. Even the Kazon would be like, get a load of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot for them to look worse than the have Kazon. Have you ever seen anything so pathetic? Look at them. Even the packlets. The packlets are like running circles around them. <laughs> Their ships don't go. <laughs> we don't breathe small. <laughs> Our air doesn't explode. <laughs> we are smart. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Oh, Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.